Um, so we are going to talk about quitting and um, specifically something that I quit recently. Now, uh, we'll get into the specifics of it, but I just have to say, uh, I came to the gym one day and I was telling my friend, Natalie Delaney from Butter Your Macros about this thing that I quit. And because she's so insightful and she's like always the content master, she's like, you need to record a podcast on that. And I was like, you're right. I do need to record a podcast. And so I kind of started talking to her a little bit about it. And she's like, I'll even come on and ask you questions. And I was like, that would be great. Cause sometimes it's like flushing these things out is really helpful when there's someone there to ask you questions. Because of that, I have Natalie Dulaney and Heidi Bollard on the podcast from Butter Your Macros. You guys probably know them already. They've been on the podcast a bunch, but we are going to chat about quitting and why it can be the best thing that you've ever done. And, and really guys, you know, what I really would love to get to by the end of this podcast or have people be able to understand by the end of this podcast is this balance between doing hard things and, and the benefit that comes from doing hard things. Um, and then also knowing when it's time to quit and finding that balance between some of those two extremes. So without further ado, Natalie Delaney and Heidi Bollard, how the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, quitters? <laughs> What's up, quitters? <laughs> uh, I told you I was going to say that only because everyone's going to have an emotional reaction to yeah. that. Ooh. You're either okay. laughing at us or you're like, I'm not a quitter. How dare you? Yeah. Okay. So what I think is going to be really valuable, and we kind of talked about this beforehand, we planned it out. Each of us are going to come and tell a little bit of a story about something that we have decided to quit. So... Uh, I'm going to go first. Can I go yeah. first? Okay. I'm going to go first and then we'll talk about my quit and then we'll talk about the things that, that you guys have quit. And you guys can kind of prompt me with questions if you think of something. A thousand percent. Cause I definitely believe that this kind of situation requires some context, especially what you're, what you're just quitting or what. Yeah. You're yeah. Okay. So what am I quitting? We've been like holding off a long time. So what I quit was, um, the quarterfinals of the CrossFit quarterfinals. So if you don't know anything about CrossFit, um, there is a stage selection process uh, from the regu- regular average CrossFitter to be able to get to the CrossFit Games, which is like the it's like the NBA Finals. And in order to do that, they go through a selection process where um, you, there are stages, and each stage weeds out more and more people. So stage number one is the open, and everybody everybody gets to participate in that. You just pay twenty dollars, and it's really fun. We do Friday night lights. The whole gym participates, and it's really fun. And then the top 10% of people who score in the open. So the top 10 percentile get to move on to quarterfinals. And then from quarterfinals, they select it down even more into semifinals and from semifinals to the game. And so it's kind of a big deal to be able to make it into the quarterfinals. It's top 10%. It's, it's, you know, not super easy to do. And it was one of my goals for this year. Um, I accidentally did it last year. Last year was the first year that they had it. And actually Natalie, you told me that I was in contention for the quarterfinals even before I even knew that what that was a thing. You were like, we were, it was like rat, um, after the second workout, you were like, I am her like unassigned CrossFit <laughs> coach just for the record. <laughs> or actually self-designated. Did you, do you remember that? You told me you're like, Amber, you're like in like the top 10 percentile. You can make yeah, it because I was watching the leaderboard because I was excited to see what you did. And then we made this decision that this year would be the year you would try for it. Would be the year I would try for it. So I Which is also part of the context. <laughs> that is part of the context. So I set a goal and I wanted to reach quarterfinals and I did. Um, I did really well in the, in the open and 
moved on to quarterfinals. And so um, I had the option to be able to do the open quarterfinals, which is, you know, everybody, all age groups. Um, and then I also qualified for the age group quarterfinals, which is in my age group. I'm a master's now that I'm above 35. So I'm in the 35 to 39 um, age group. So I could either compete in both of those or one of those. And so I um, went back and forth and made the decision that I was going to do the age group quarterfinals um, just because um, the, the uh, open one tends to be a little bit heavier, a little bit harder. I did get injured last year doing the quarterfinals. And so that was kind of looming in the back of my head. And I'm like, I'm just going to do the age group uh, and that'll be great. So uh, that was supposed to be last week. And all leading up until the workouts were released on Thursday, I was back and forth. I was like, oh, part of me wanted to do it. Part of me didn't really want to do it. Um, but I kind of just like held off and was like, let's see what the workouts are. Because the workouts were released on Thursday. So I want to stop you real fast and ask you, okay. why yeah. were you going back and forth between the two, even though you had committed previously last year that this is something that you were going to go for? Okay, that's a good question. So um, I... Well, okay. So why did I do that? Um, one, because initially when I, when we had had this conversation, this was after the open last year. And I was like, yeah, maybe I actually want to like try this year. So I actually like talked to our CrossFit coach and was like thinking about what would I need to do to actually like try and attempt and prepare for this. And I realized I would need to add more volume. I would need to add more training days. I would need to, you know, add like a strength cycle. There would be I, I could not do within the confines of what I was currently doing five days a week, CrossFit, you know, going to classes. It needed, it would require something else. And so I thought a lot about that and I just didn't want to give that. Like I decided I didn't really want to do anything outside of the context of class. I didn't want to show up earlier. I didn't want to stay later. I didn't want to run a strength cycle. I didn't want to do any of those things. So I didn't. Um, and, and so when it came time to quarterfinals or for the open, I didn't really do anything extra. I just did normal. Um, and, and, and so I hadn't done anything extra to prepare to like really rock quarterfinals or do quarterfinals. It was kind of like, uh, I want to do quarterfinals, but I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that everything that I've done in the gym up to this point gets me there. So, um, so yeah, does that answer that question? Totally. I guess my, I guess the point of me asking you that question also is just like, why didn't you want to do it? Right. There's a layer of anything that we yes. do activity wise, where there's like a, you know, a pros and cons list people like to make, or even like a, you know, is this really something that I really want to pursue? Right. And I think a lot yes. of times people like, like the idea of certain goals or like the idea of certain habits, but they don't actually really think about what it would require them or what they would, what it would take okay. to actually achieve them. Right. So it's like, part so of it is good. like always about like, what did you, what are you not willing to do? I think is just as important as what you want and what you are willing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like no one ever asked, like, what am I not willing to do? Mm -hmm. But you discover that along the way, as you're in pursuance of your goals, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, for you, it's like requiring extra time and extra training wasn't something you were willing to do. So that already established the fact that the juice wasn't really worth the squeeze at that point, but yet so good. you're like, let's just see what happens. Right. Like, so good. Right? Yeah. What, what a great point. Yeah. That's such a good, great point. It, it, it wasn't worth it to me to get to the gym early or stay to the gym late or spend any more time in the gym. I don't, it's a little worth it to me. And right. I, I think knowing that is valuable. Totally. I mean, sometimes the pros and cons list isn't positive emotions don't always compensate for the negative emotions. So it's actually sometimes more beneficial to look at it. Like, like what are the cons and the cons of it? Right. 
to go or to um, put in extra time, you'd have to give up sleep or potentially like scale back on some of the different projects that you're doing or, you know, ask, ask, you know, what, what delegate different things or whatever. So it's discomfort either way. Right. But which discomfort are you intentionally going to choose? See, this is why I brought Natalie and Heidi on because like, this is the kind of stuff that like we can pull out of these kind of experiences that like, I don't, I didn't see either of those points that you guys just made. And they're so incredibly valuable to be able to extrapolate the story that I'm telling mm-hmm. and apply it to your unique individual situation. So that's why I brought you guys on. <laughs> you guys do that. <laughs> um, so where was I? Um, so then it was like, okay, so I decided I was going to do the age group qualifiers. Um, and so I, that week I was going back and forth and it really was in my mind that the things that were weighing on my mind was like, I did get injured last year. So I'm very aware of that. And the last thing that I wanted to do was like have another injury. And the reason I got injured last year is because as you move up the stages, uh, more is required of you as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. More volume, heavier weights, more repetitions. Like it's just, it's more than my body was used to what the training that I had been doing. Right. And so I was aware of that, that there was a higher level of athleticism and volume and strength that was going to be required. And oftentimes when we move out of what we normally do, that's where injuries start to happen. So that was weighing on my mind is not wanting to injure myself. Um, and then I, one of the reasons I do CrossFit and you guys know this, um, I used to power lift. And one of the reasons I came to CrossFit because I didn't like working out alone. Like I don't like it It's not <laughs> for me. It's not enjoyable. I like the, the gym atmosphere. I like people. I like pe- doing it. I like suffering with people, <laughs> not <laughs> suffering by myself, but like alongside of my friends. And, um, and so that was like, is this even going to be fun? Like, to do the workouts myself and to like not have like a big crowd around me. Is that even something that is, is, is enjoyable? And why am I doing this if it's not fun? Mm. So these were kind of some of the things that were like making me kind of hem and haw. And then the workouts were released on Thursday and I, I was leaning towards not doing it, honestly, leading up to Thursday. And then the workouts were released on Thursday and I looked at them and I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually do these workouts because last year I could, I could only actually do three out of the five. I only had the skills to do three out of the five. So I only did three. Um, and this year I looked at them and I was like, oh my gosh, I can do every single one of those workouts. Not awesome or like superstar, mm-hmm. but like I can actually complete those workouts. And so then my head, my head started turning of like, oh my gosh, I actually can do this. Well, maybe I should do it. <laughs> what was super interesting too, and then like obviously like as being like an outside observer and like seeing you every morning, is that I don't like you, I don't think you really realize that up until that point, you were actually making it harder for yourself to say yes to stuff. Like mm-hmm. we would bring it up, we would talk about it, and you'd always have like a roadblock, right? Like mm-hmm. it was like, oh, but like finding someone to judge my yeah. my my yeah. you know, we yeah, asked you true. like oh, hey, so like what's happening, you know, with, you know, the finals or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, I don't really have anyone to judge me or score me. And Heidi and I are like, but you never asked, right? Like you have friends <laughs> in the community who would support you and encourage you. But it was like interesting how like, and then like, oh, my elbow's acting up. And not that you even did it deliberately, but I think there's, it's interesting how like when we have these goals and we're a little bit nervous about them, yeah. sometimes we can start to sandbag ourselves and make it harder for us to say yes to the goal. I don't know what you're talking about. Along, along, <laughs> along the way, right? And, and even just like the day of, like, you know, you text us, like that, mm-hmm. the, like the, I think the, 
way they were doing it the next day, right? Yeah. And you texted me like, anyone, can anyone like come and judge me? And I was, it was so uncharacteristic of you as someone who's a planner that I was like, something made her change her mind, which now I'm realizing is that you saw that you could do the workouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an interesting thing that we do with ourselves because we're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then like, wait, they, maybe I can't. Maybe I could. And we get our head in our head about it too, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we have these conflicting things where we've been making it hard for us to say yes for all this time. And then we get like a little bit of like this, like maybe I can. And then it just starts a whole nother cycle. Right? Yeah. No, it's, so, it's totally true. And like, you're a hundred percent and you even called me out on it. You're like, well, you never even asked. Like, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be hard to find judges. And like, and you're like, but you never even asked. You have friends who would like do that for you. And I'm like, you're right. But the, it like, it was, it was a manifestation too, that I didn't really want to do it. You know, it was like, I didn't put any thought into it. I didn't put any plan into it. I didn't like do anything up to it to make it successful, you know, because I didn't really want to up at the core level. I didn't really want to do it. Um, yeah, you're good at, you're good at that. And that is like, calling out. <laughs> we're on our bike and I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be so nice if you had friends you could ask to come do that for you? And it all like, it literally looked like it hadn't even occurred to you. I think because you had already decided not yeah. to. Yeah. I think, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's totally fair. So I saw these workouts and I was like, I can do them. And so then I, I rushed and I was like, can you guys like anybody like, and it's totally cool if you can't, but like, if you guys can judge, like I'll totally take you. Right. And, uh, so I sent out this text to Heidi and Natalie and, and Jenna and, um, shocker, you, none of you could like judge in the next hour, how <laughs> rude of you. <laughs> and so I'm looking at my schedule and I had a coaching call that night. And like, I was like, I can't really go to the gym at night. And I'm like looking at my schedule. I'm like, I can go right now. If I go right now, I can get a couple, I can get two of the workouts done before I have to go pick up kids from school. So I like shoved down my food and I, went to the gym and I was like, I'm, I don't really have to have a judge. I'm not going anywhere in quarterfinals. We don't, we can just do it kind of for funsies. Um, I'll record it and it'll be fine. So I got to the gym and I, uh, there was nobody else there and I started warming up and I was going to start with the total, which is a squat, a deadlift and press. And it's a, a total weight for all of those doing those three lifts. So I started to warm up my squat and I got up to like 125, 150. 45. And as I'm like putting these weights on and like getting under the bar, I'm sore from the week. Cause I didn't plan to do this. So I freaking like killed it at CrossFit the whole week. So I'm sore <laughs> and the bar feels incredibly heavy and I'm not having any fun. It's I'm alone in this like empty gym, which I don't like is not enjoyable to me. And I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Uh, and we can get to the reason why I just like, I figured out like why I decided to do it. Um, but it was in that moment. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. And so I took off my belt. I put my weights away and I like got in my car and went home. And I, and once I had made that decision, one of the reasons way I knew it was the right one is I felt a ton of relief. I was like, yes. Like it just felt good. It was like, once I made the decision, there was no like hemming and hawing. There was no like, Oh, maybe I should. It was like, no, this is like, I'm so glad I just like made this decision and closed that door and moved on. And uh, no time during that weekend, did I ever think to myself, you know what I wish I was doing right now? Uh, Workout number three, (laughs) you know, or like, you know what I, where I wish I was right now. I wish I was at the gym. And that was also a confirmation of like, yeah, this is a good kind of quit. For me. So I have a question for you then. Yeah. I think what's interesting about like the way you laid it out and kind of like what we've talked about a little bit before is that I think this is a lot of, a lot of times people see this with their goals in general, right? It's like, you know, you 
have these things that you kind of want perfectly. I mean, and and not saying that you'll never do it again, right? Because maybe this actually gives you more fuel or insight into what you want for maybe next year, right? And I think what's interesting is like, you know, you deciding that you wanted it last second is so like so many people, right? Like, oh, well, I've got a trip coming up in like two weeks. I better lose weight for it. Yeah. Or I'm going to see friends that I haven't seen in a long time in about three weeks. I better like go into a cut. Right. Or I mean, because I can, that means I should. Exactly. Ah. Or, or, or this I feels see good. I see you did that. I see what you did right, right. there. <laughs> no, continue, no, continue with that. Don't. Cause you know where I'm going. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting how like we, a lot of times, like when we don't plan for it and then yeah, we decide we want it, then all of a sudden things like don't work out the way we do. And then we spiral about it. Right. Kind of like how you're saying, like, I mean, that word, that week was like an inordinate amount of volume. We had like a 30 minute workout on a Tuesday, a 32 minute workout on a Wednesday. And then Thursday you were going to go in and try to max all your lifts. Like you were sore, you were heavy, you didn't plan for it. Right. But how many times people are like cutting on a whim, right? Like, Oh, well, I mean, I've got like three deadlines. I've got, um, my in-laws coming into town. I have mm-hmm. two kids that are sick. My husband's going on away um, on like a, you know, a business trip. Sounds like a perfect time to I, cut. I don't have a kitchen. <laughs> I don't have a kitchen. So, sounds like a perfect time to cut. And then we wonder why it doesn't work out for mm-hmm. us. Or we wonder yeah. why. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm such a quitter. I'm such a failure because you just decided to add this to your already full life. Like Heidi mm-hmm. always says, like cutting is not an add-on <laughs> like mm-hmm. to like a really full plate. And I think it's like you sh- you saw that in what you did. It's like, yeah, if you had decided maybe even even just a week earlier, you could yeah. have aimed the situation to maybe work in your favor to take this on. But because the days leading up to it, you actually were almost working against yourself. Mm-hmm. And then let's just say you ended up do did ugh, end up doing the workouts and you didn't perform really well, or you you know you would always be wondering like, well, is, do I suck or is it because I maybe didn't plan for it? Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't schedule it. Yeah. Um, So I, I, what I realized is like the thing that kept driving me to do the workouts, and this is also, we can relate to a lot of different instances, um, was other people's perception of me, Mm -hmm. of others, people's like, what was like, I had told a lot of people like my massage therapist, like my friends from high school, like you guys, the gym knew, like there was a lot of people that I was um, like, how about oh, Instagram? Like, yeah. You went Instagram, on and told everybody, know, right. Just 70,000 like, people. That's all you just told them. It's fine. Like, what, you know, like I told all these people, there's like these expectations of me of like, the, like completing this. And like, what am I going to say when my massage therapist is like, Oh, Hey, how was the, the quarterfinals last, you know, last week. Um, and, and I realized at the end of the day, if that was my only motivation was like to do it for other people or to do it, to make other people happy, that was never going to be the right motivation for me. Mm -hmm. And I was essentially giving up like my happiness, my enjoyment, uh, my body and maybe risking injury in order to like not disappoint other people. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible reason to make a decision for anything. And you know, what's funny about this is also that that is all in my head. Right. It's because I, I showed up the next day and Nat's like, oh, I thought we were going to like, you were going to, I was going to judge you on the quarterfinals. I was like, yeah, I decided not to do it. She's like, cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on. You know? And it's like, in my head, I had this be like, Nat's going to be so disappointed in me. She's like, going to think that I'm a loser. Like I should have done this. And like, but in reality, that was like literally all in my head. Nobody else cares that I like didn't do this thing. I made a decision not to do it. And it was what the decision was right for me, but we get stuck in our head so often of like, but what are other people going to think about that decision? At the end of the end of the day, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, usually they don't care as much as you think that they care about Mm -hmm. it. 
Well, and it's like everyone has a reason. It's like even when, you know, when I went, I went that morning with the attention to judge you if you needed it. And when you told me that, I'm like, cool. It's like, I'm not the one doing the work. So I can't judge your reason for, for doing sure. it or not doing it. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I think so many times people are like, well, I would really, you know, we hear this with like couples like, well, my husband really wants me to lose weight. Well, that's a great and all, but like, he's not doing the work at all. Like, you know, people yes. will come into the salon and they'll be like, you know, my husband really wants me to be blonde. And I'm like, I don't really care what your husband wants. What do you want? Do you yeah. want me blonde? And like, well, actually I really like being brunette. It's like, how many of our decisions are made at the behest of other people? And in reality, it's totally. like, you're the one that has to take care of it. You're the one that has to maintain it. You're the one that has to put the effort in. So why did they, what is their judgment? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm definitely not immune to this, but like, why is their judgment or their opinions of us really like factor in so much? Well, totally. And even if it's just like you say to avoid other people's judgments when we're, when we're caught up in other people's thoughts and feelings, we're totally disconnected from ourselves. And I think it's really interesting that one of the first signs of awareness you had about how you really felt about it was how your body felt. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of got out of like the mental narrative of like, should, shouldn't this, that expectations or whatever. And you're like noticing, how do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. And then before long, the domino effect of like honoring said feelings, right? Yeah. I, we say this a lot, like, um, you know, people to use an example, like don't think of a yellow school bus, right? What did you just think about? Yeah. Don't care what people think. The focus is still on what other people think. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it is truly, what do you think? What do you want? Like you're saying, and the, and then taking, uh, taking action from that place, then you're in alignment. Right. And then interesting that like anything that related to shame, there's always like these aftershocks, right? Like you felt good about the decision. And then the next morning you're like the, the shame gremlins pop up, pop up of like, what do people think? Right. What are we going to say? Right. (laughs) Just, just indicative to your point. Very often, sometimes people are judging us. Let's just like, right. That is true. Yeah. But like, it's interesting. The things that you worry about, about what, you know, the specific judgments that you per, you imagine other people are having having tell you a lot about the way you judge yourself. Totally, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. So that's my story about quitting and why it's the best thing that I've ever done. I <laughs> don't regret it <laughs> at all. Seriously, it brought you home Not to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's my story, Heidi. Okay, why don't you tell your story. Sure. So, um like you said in the parking lot of DTSA just a couple days ago, um, I do quit a lot of things <laughs> very often. But um, so rather than focus on a specific thing, because like I've stopped doing CrossFit for the for the time being, but I wouldn't say that I've like fully quit it. Yeah. But um, so what I ha- am working on quitting is emotional perfectionism. So similar to use a macro analogy, right? Like we can't heal our relationship with food. If we're always like, this is good. This is bad. You know, I'm good being good. If I do this, I'm being bad. If I do it, there's a right way or a wrong way or, or those kinds of things. Similarly, we cannot heal our relationship with ourselves. If certain emotions and feelings are unacceptable or right or wrong, like I should never feel insecure. I should never feel bad about myself. I should never you know, these, I have a long list of emotions that I really don't like to feel. (laughs) And so when I, when I feel them, my initial reaction is to fix it or hide it or control how I feel in some way. Um, so, and this is my default. 
This is my, this is my default mode of operation. So building awareness around it, like, just, like I just mentioned to you, like noticing how you, how you're feeling, checking in with myself and sort of retraining my, um, my belief system about myself is, is what I'm working on first and foremost, like above and beyond any body goals or nutrition goals or Instagram growth goals or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, that is, that is what I'm working on quitting emotional perfectionism. So how do you do that? (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) It's going really, it's going, it's going better. Right. So it's things like, so for example, this morning, um, I have a lot of judgment about being angry. Like it was, I, I think, my default net, my default modus operandi tells me that I should never be angry. Angry is a bad, a bad emotion. You're a bad person if you're angry. So we should never be angry. Well, a story came up this morning that made me very angry. (laughs) Um, I felt like my, one of my children was being, was being judged unfairly, made me feel super, super uh, upset. And I was just like, okay, well then we're just going to quit this thing entirely. Like, right. I'm either going to write a strongly worded email to fix it, or we're just going to avoid it entirely. Right. Because my, my child doesn't deserve this. So I, I noticed I was, I paid attention to how I was feeling, Um, and I did a meditation on, on anger and compassion towards anger. And like, cause your feelings are messages, right? They're telling you like a boundary has been like with anger, for example, a boundary has been crossed, right? So understanding what it is I'm truly angry about. It's not the stupid thing that the teacher said. It's that I felt judged, right? My, I felt like my child was judged. So is that something worth experiencing, like being upset about? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, um, that's a fair point. Uh, so anger can serve a purpose, right? So building compassion for my anger, compassion for myself, um, connecting back to myself about like what I want to believe and, um, and, you know, again, just getting out of like the racing thoughts, the mental narrative where you're growing the story and amplifying your feelings instead, just like connecting back to myself and what I truly believe. And, um, it, it immediately, not immediately, but through the course of that meditation, I could feel the, the judgments against my own anger and the judgments against the other party start to reduce a little bit. Right talking it through with Nat, like connecting and being able to express myself and then reassuring myself that like the kind of the reparenting thing of like, that's okay. It's okay that you feel this way. Nothing is effed, right? In in many ways, like we don't, we don't need to fix this and we don't need to avoid it. It's a great opportunity to uh, teach my child and myself that there's going to be road bumps. There's going to be turbulence in life in every way. Right. And that I don't need to save my child. My child doesn't need to be, you know, these things are to recognize, you know, toxicity might be a little strong, but to recognize the, those, um, circumstances that bring up different feelings. Like was my, did he feel shame? Did he, did he not even notice like being able to help him build his own emotional intelligence through, um, through discussing it instead of, sort of operating on this default network of like, 
no, I should not feel this way. Nobody should feel this way. It shouldn't be like this. And, and kind of being at war with yourself instead of having compassion for your human experience, right? It's like, um, scale fluctuations, right? How much drama we, we see our clients go through. And we, in the past, you know, having gone through that, that, um, turbulence ourself over the scale and how it fluctuates. Well, the same thing happens with our emotions, right? Like the, our emotions are going to fluctuate and building, um, awareness and a set of coping tools you have to sort of bring yourself back into, um, alignment and not from a fixing place, right? It may, it takes as long as it takes, right? Maybe it'll, maybe my anger spiked this morning and maybe it'll spike again this afternoon or something about the issue, but that, that over time I'm, I'm processing, learning to process emotions and bring myself back to a more healthy baseline and not with the intention of like, so that I never feel this way again, (laughs) but that I am, I'm building tolerance for discomfort. I think I love what you said about a lot of things and I want to kind of make a couple of comments and ask you some questions about that too, because I think what's interesting is that you say bringing yourself back to a healthy baseline, that's going to look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think what was interesting is even in the story that Amber shared, like she did show that kind of thing. It's like, you feel okay with your decision. And then the next morning you're like, Oh wait, maybe that I'm not okay with the decision. And sometimes I think we're so eager to be done with feeling bad yes. that we like, don't even allow for the possibility of like the aftershock emotions. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting when you brought up, you know, the emotional, you know, things that you're trying to like kind of work through. It's like, how many times have we heard our clients say, I should quit feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I just want to quit feeling bad about myself. I want to quit feeling like I'm out of control or, you I know, just don't so want to be here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to be here. When in reality, it's like, if you're an emotional newbie, you, it's like you, everything, every time you feel a negative emotion, you're absolutely going to be like, I don't want to feel this way where no one's like, I can't wait till I can quit feeling happy all the time. Right? You <laughs> well, never totally. hear people like, I'm like such a good place. I can't wait till it stops. Like everyone, no one ever wants to feel negative emotion, but the tricky part is you can't have one without the other. Mm. You can't realize when you're happy, unless you've been sad before, totally. like, there's no way to just like live in this, like, I mean, I'm sure people try for sure to like live in this state of conjugal perpetual bliss that nothing ever <laughs> happens. And it's like, but then if nothing's happening to you, then literally nothing's happening to you. Right? right. And and the way we judge it that like, if I'm feeling negative emotion, then that means I'm doing it wrong somehow. Or if I'm like, you know, definitely one of, you know, I definitely have on some level the the sort of religious trauma belief of like, if you're righteous, you'll always be happy, right? Like if I'm, um, you know, other judgments like, you know, at, like asking for help is weakness, right? Or just just inherently like I I like not wanting to show up unscripted, right? Like a huge exercise in vulnerability is a podcast (laughs) (laughs) where you can't plan up and plan everything, right? Like even the way we just asked you questions live, right? You didn't have a prepared response. And, um, and when you're being vulnerable, you also open yourself up to like some shame gremlins. Like, is what I said? Okay. Like, is what I said going to hurt somebody's feelings? Like, did I accidentally pants myself on, you know, on, on a podcast or whatever? Um, but again, and, and, or this idea that like, I can only, show up sparkly and happy and articulate and you know like I, I need to perform this as way a winner I can only show up as a winner yes exactly <laughs> only when I'm successful with my goals right and ironically like you know they say that you know one of the reasons that people in our position sometimes don't want to show that part is they think it will invalidate their authority somehow right like oh if they're 
if I show that I'm broken in some way, then people will not like listen to me or respect what I have to say or, or, or anything like that. When in reality, the opposite is totally true, right? When you are connecting with someone, um, like that's where so much growth and, um, healing can happen. Well, and even for myself as somebody who would like have loved, you know, as a civilian in CrossFit, just much like yourself, like would have loved to have some kind of opportunity or layer like that. I also like impressed and I respect the fact that like you did call that for yourself. Totally. Right. To give up. I think that's a, that people don't see like that kind of validation in quitting as well. Like mm-hmm. you saying like, Hey, yeah, people might, might air quote, be disappointed in me. People might judge me. People might whatever, but I am having my own back and saying that this is not the right time for me is part of like validating yourself when you are air quote quitting or giving up something. And that's like the hallmark of confidence. You can't be confident if you don't know how you feel and you're not supporting yourself in said emotions. And if the only time we validate ourselves or, or feel like we're worthy is when we're happy, sparkly up, winning, motivated, like that's, that only makes it that much more difficult when we experience the negative emotions, because on top of that, we're judging ourselves that we shouldn't even be that way in the first place. And validating yourself, Amber, like when you were like, I don't like, this is not the way I like to work out. This is not the the way that I want to feel. This is not the way that I feel like this would have gone in my head if I had planned for it. That was fully validating your choices, which therefore becomes empowering. And that's what people miss about quitting. They don't, they don't get that. All they see is the shame and the embarrassment and the letting down all wrapped into it, the shoulds and the, and the like, Oh, if I would have only, or like, and yeah, there might be a day where you're like, you know, especially as we get to like the game season. And like, when you go with your kids, um, she got her kids games tickets for so Christmas. Cool. So like you might be there and thinking like, Oh, I wonder what would have happened if I maybe would have just stuck it out just maybe, or if I would have trained or if I would have showed up with like Marco at the gym and like did the programming he was doing and things like that, X, 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 or whatever. But the coolest part about that is like, then it gives you an idea of like, maybe I do want it next year. Mm-hmm. Or it might be like, you know what? That is pretty cool, but I don't know that I'll ever get there or be in that place to ever revisit it again. And I'm also good with that too. And really like, especially with the emotions that you were talking about, Heidi, what I love, it's like, you need to validate that you feel bad. Like, yes, I have a right to feel bad about this. Yes. Like you don't have to gaslight yourself. Like, Oh, I just like toxic positivity. I should never, ever feel bad about anything that anyone ever says about my kid. It should be totally fine. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, why <laughs> I am valid in my anger. I am valid in my sadness. I am valid in my depression. I'm valid in my disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like that actually helps you process the emotion faster than if you're just constantly like, never feel this way, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <Totally>. So good. <laughs> so good. That's awesome. Okay, Nat. Okay. So mine actually, I kind of love how this like just all worked out. We're so in sync, you guys, is that I really (laughs) feel like mine is, is a little bit of both of yours kind of tied into one. So obviously like right now I am definitely crossfitting again. And, um, for those of you, maybe listen, it's so fun to have you back. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. Gotta give somebody for her to beat every single day. I'm happy to be that that person for you, Amber. (laughs) Um, I think what it is, is like, and, and if I actually talked about this on our earlier, the earlier podcast that we've done with Amber before and on another one of ours is that I gave up bodybuilding and that was something that I decided to quit. Mm-hmm. And initially, like I, if I really, really break, break it down, comes down to a lot of the things that you were saying, Amber, and a lot of things that you were saying, Heidi, is that I wanted to do this because I wanted to not only be validated for my efforts and my body, but also be acceptable to, to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, nobody in my family really gives two craps if I have like biceps or anything, right? Mm. I mean, arguably I'm fitter than every single one of my siblings <laughs> right now. So it's not even not about arguably. earning my peers either. Like mm-hmm. that, I think that was the most 
odd part about the whole thing is that it wasn't even for my, my peeps, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't for you, Amber, or you, Heidi, or my husband who like required some me rando to, on Instagram. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> the, it's the audience of Instagram that expects me to be a certain way or look a certain way for um, to get this, business. this job and the sphere that <laughs> yeah. I have. Right? Yeah. And it wasn't even completely made up in my head. I mean, there definitely was a time um, where people had asked me like, oh, how do you feel like working with Heidi? And she looks so great. And, and so those kind of started put, punching holes into my psyche the weirdest a little bit. thing. Like, yeah. like, oh, let's not even talk. That's a whole other podcast of things that people are willing to say to like people on Instagram oh that gosh. they supposedly like and follow. It's uh, like, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't just me making not, it up. Not any head. of you guys that are listening though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, of course I had my own insecurities and my own narratives. Absolutely. I mean, when you're in a duo and it's together as much as we have, like, once again, like our brains love comparisons. That's how we like live in this world. Like people are going to compare us. Right. Um, or confuse us. They call me Heidi all the time. I know. <laughs> but to the point of like, you know, people would ask these things like, Oh, how does it feel to like not be as fit as Heidi or, you know, all these things. And it was starting to like really poke holes in like, gosh, like, am I not showing up on Instagram the way that I'm supposed to? Right. And that I think is like the tricky irony of this whole like movement that we're in right now with like, you know, diet culture and self-love and body positivity. Like part of you is like, I can show up as is like, why not? Like there are, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm more representative of most women out there than I, than the other way. Right. But at the same time, it's like in order to establish yourself as an authority, everyone seems to believe people who have six packs, even if they say the most horrible things, (laughs) Seriously, they're like, but they have a six pack. They just told me that like, you know, Mm -hmm. Such and 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 such, but like, but they have a six pack, so they must be an authority. Totally. Meanwhile, I have the dissonance of like, quote unquote, looking the part, but like you're, you smoke me in any sort of athletic or fitness, fitness sphere. Right. So it's like the, that, that isn't even a thing. You look the part means you can perform the part is not even necessarily the thing, right. but that's also the tricky part about like our society, right? Like we always just assume it's like kind of like what people do. Like they assume when people are overweight that they're having, like things are going wrong in their life. Right. And that if they're losing weight, then they must be doing something right. Or life right. must be good. And it's just like, it's such a, no wonder why we're all messed up a little bit about the things that we do and the things we pursue. So ultimately we spent, you know, I spent a year bodybuilding and I definitely had like some trauma and a really bad like experience with like cutting at 1195 calories and not getting the aesthetics that I thought I was going to get with the work I was putting in, et cetera, et cetera. And definitely, I mean, I think I, when I look back at it now, I'm like, we need to manage your expectations a little bit, but I honestly believe that if I was willing to put the work in, I should get what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, to you. Like if I did the work, if I put the work in, I should be able to go to regionals. Mm-hmm. You know, if I put the work in, I should, I should never feel bad, bad about anything. Yeah. Yep. And so this was, this was the ugly truth that came to terms of the fact that like, not only did I do a lot of this work, but I didn't get the result that I thought I needed to show up. And I was just, I spent a good, quite a few months just really, really like not liking like where I was sitting because part of me just didn't want to chase aesthetics anymore. Like I didn't want to feel that I had to show up a certain way. And there definitely was a lot of like, aren't I not good enough as is? Like, don't I contribute enough? My brain has a six pack. You know, like, like, I love you so much. Like all these things. Like, like, give me a minute. Can we make that a meme? My brain has a six pack. I mean, seriously, I, I am super jacked mentally. I'm just telling you. Like PRs all over the place. I'm dead. But like, you know, you can't see it's, and that's the, that's also the thing about Instagram. Like you can't see people's emotional and mental transformations or sacrifices, mm. right? It's like they're, they don't go together either. And so quitting bodybuilding be, was me quitting the idea that I had to be and show up a certain way for people. And that was like the judgments of mm-hmm. everybody out there. Right. And even people that you meet too, like they hear that you're, you know, 
nutrition coach or a CrossFit level one trainer or whatever it is. And they're like, Oh, well, they don't look like that. It's like <laughs> as if we could totally tell. Right. Mm. And I think that's also one of the reasons why I love CrossFit so much is because I'm, it never ceases to amaze me what people can do with their bodies and not look like it at all. Right. Like that, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about times about that comp we did. And there was a girl who like, Oh yeah cleaned like what was it 245 or something and you would have not even looked at her twice in the grocery store thinking she could lift like that right but it's like that's the beauty of like crossfit and lifting and things like that is like i wasn't required to look a certain way in order to do it and i think that that's why i love crossfit so much and why it's healthy for me to quit bodybuilding because first of all the process of of lifting to for aesthetics is really tricky because you don't even ever know when your bicep's going to pop like let's be totally honest you could do depending on your genetics depending on your adherence your nutrition all sorts of factors involved like i could literally lift and bodybuild for two or three years and pro- it might not ever ever really look like i have a jacked upper body okay mm-hmm. it's it's just a reality of like genetics and like training, right? Mm-hmm. My legs have no problem. Like I don't even really care about my legs, but yet they show up. I know. Well, like, we need to do that. The, we need to finally do that picture where like the a, books where you know their face is all cut up into strips and you can change yeah, the, like the eyes and the, the bottoms. Like my eyes. upper body or lower body. Yeah. We're, we're the perfect Instagram if you just exactly. take half of us. See, so that's why there's both of us on this page because together we have the most influential body and brain on the planet, right? This is the secret we're telling you guys. But it really was like, or I, I, I didn't realize that I was quitting until I really decided that it just did not interest me in the way that it, that I, that it should or why I wanted to. I actually have no interest right now currently in bodybuilding. And sure, of course, like I still want aesthetics. I mean, who doesn't? I still would love to like improve this, improve that. But like it, the juice is just really not worth the squeeze to me. It's, it doesn't motivate me and inspire me in the way that CrossFit does. And CrossFit is challenging for me in a lot of different ways. Sure, I might not ever go to regionals or even qualify for semis or anything like that. But like what I loved is that, you know, we got our stats for um, the CrossFit games. And I think this was my fifth year doing them. And, you know, I was telling Heidi and Amber that like, I was super delighted in like realizing like where I started and where I am now. Um, it really showed like true growth where I don't know that I feel that like aesthetics could ever do that for me. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you could always be a little leaner or have a little bit more of a pump there, or maybe you should go for veins next time or whatever the things is that people do, you know, as far as from an aesthetic standpoint, and I'm not dissing anybody's desire for aesthetics. Everyone is allowed to have whatever goals that they want, but I think quitting when you know it's healthy for you or not healthy for you is also part of having your back about your goals. Um, so like in 2018, I was the was 20,938th in the CrossFit Games. And this year I am 4,103rd. So there's a marked difference in who I am and it had nothing to do with what I look like. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what I need for me, for my emotional health and Mm -hmm. for my physical strength and whoever I am is to just be good about who I am and and have my own back, right? And validate myself that like, okay, so yeah, you might not ever air quote look this way on Instagram, but do I really need to? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Well, and you said something that is like the same thing that you said back to me is that um, you can want the goal, but it not be worth the process to get like it. Like you said, I want, I would love to have, I would love to wake up and have biceps. I would love to wake up and have a six pack. I would love that. Well, well, and I, I would, I would love to, I would love to wake up and real and think, oh my gosh, I can do every single open yeah. workout. Like that's totally within my, right. and to your point, to your point, it's not like the goal itself. It's all about the energy and your perception of it. Cause like yeah. to your point about bodybuilding, right. For me with where I'm at, it's actually the perfect 
for me, perfect for me right now, because I, if I'm not, if I'm doing CrossFit, I'm not intentional. And that's how I got my strength and balance all, all crazy. Right. Whereas now working mindfully on, on, on balancing my strength and being intentional about the movements that I'm doing is perfect for where I am with my emotional, you know, my emotional perfectionism goals and checking in with myself. So it's really, it's not whether it's not like, you should always go for quarterfinals. If you can, you should always do CrossFit. If you can, you should always do bodybuilding. You should always cut calories. If you can, it's about what do you actually want and how, and what is driving you? Yeah. It's so good. Yep. And I want to spin a little bit. Like you always hear like those, like sometimes motivational quotes just like tax me, right? I know, seriously. Because, but it seemed like there's always that one, like when you feel like quitting, think about why you started. But when you think about why you started, if it didn't align with you, then by all means quit it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, it's so like, good. everyone's like, it's like, it's like everyone thinks that their reasons have to be so profound, but sometimes like, like all of us, like we get into, we get into a train of thought or a mode for a goal. And then, yeah, sometimes you realize like, dude, I don't know that I really want this. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's like, have you ever waited in line for like a ride at Disneyland or like a restaurant and be like, uh, how long is it going to be? I'm good. Well, totally. And I saw this meme yesterday of like, wherever you are, at least you're not this woman waiting in line behind like three mannequins that she didn't realize were mannequins. No, yes. no. <laughs> right. But just questioning to your point, just because. It looks like other people are doing it. Oh my gosh. And how about to your point about that? Like, what if that, what if those mannequins are literally like Photoshopped versions of people on the internet like, oh. they even exist? And you're waiting in line for like this physique thinking this is going to happen for you. And in reality, they're not even real people. Dude, I want to high five you so hard right now. <laughs> so good. Um, all right. So we've obviously run the gamut and we've all quit things. Uh, so how do we like wrap this up for people in a way that, if somebody was before you, if you were coaching a client, right. And they're like, I'm really struggling. Like part of me thinks that like, this is a hard thing. Cause Hey, I, I think there's value in doing hard things. It's one of the things I love most about weightlifting is like women feel like they can't do something. Like it's too hard. Like that bar is too heavy. And then they work at it and then they lift the freaking bar and they surprise themselves. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm stronger than I thought I was. Right. I think there is innate value in doing hard things. So if you're coaching a client through, this thing is hard. Part of me kind of wants to quit, but part of me also wants to like show up for myself and do hard things. How do, how do you coach a client through making that decision? First of all, I think hard is relative, Mm -hmm. right? Like what's hard for you and hard for Heidi and hard for me are going to be completely different things. Totally. And so that's also part of it too. It's like a lot of times you can get in your head about like, Oh, well, she looks like she's mastered everything. And I can't even like, you know, you know, wake up and get water and steps. Like, how am I going to ever get that far? I was like, Hey, your heart is relative to you. So addressing where you're at and like where you're coming from is like the first thing, like, let's not even look at anybody else, but like, let's also look at the context of your life. Like a lot of our goals are surrounded about that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember when I first went to CrossFit with Jenna and I was like trying to figure out like, Oh gosh, I'm so obsessed. I can't wait to come here. And she's like, and I remember her saying to me, kind of pissed me off. Love you so much, Jenna. But she's like, maybe it's just not time for you. Is what she said to me. And of course, for all you who know me, I'm like, oh, now it's on. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, Tiger. But but sometimes when you're faced with what you don't want, it shows you what you do want. Exactly. And so Jenna, I love you because that point made me realize that I really did want to do CrossFit. Like I was at the phase, it was, it was the right time for me to do it. Right. Well, totally. Yeah. Well, and like with the rate of perceived exertion, right? Like I love that that's like a metric that they, they haven't been able to top it in terms of what is an appropriate level for you. Right. So maybe you think you should be able to lift whatever bar, but you have to start with where you are, where, what is, so if the bar is too heavy to lift, 
what do we know? We got to reduce the weight, right? You have to make time for your goals. You have to make time for your feelings. You have to, uh, you, you know, get to a place of acceptance and, uh, and allowance, right? And then from there, it's like a progressive overload principle, right? Like that's how we get stronger is you start with the challenge that you it's can achievable, you can, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. achievable. And then you, and then you build from there, continuing to practice awareness and acceptance and checking in with yourself about how it feels. And to piggyback on your example, it's like so many times people want to bust through these things and just work through them and get it over with air quote and quickly and things like that. But we know with progressive overload and we know with, with lifting and like only snatches and, 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 Olympic movements and anything like there is a limit if you don't have good form. Totally. So you're going to, yeah. you're going to cut yourself off real quickly if you're not going through the right process in order to achieve your goals. Totally. So like, you'll, worst yeah. case, you'll injure yourself. Best case, you're just limiting yourself because your form, your form is breaking down and you've got an energy leak. Exactly. Because you're not willing to just slow down and address what you're capable of at the moment. Right. Yes. So, so what I'm hearing is, so for those of you who don't know, RPE is rate of perceived exertion and it, it's on a sliding scale of zero to 10, 10 being like, oh my gosh, I did that one lift and I wanted to die and I couldn't do, have done a single ounce more. Um, and so what I'm hearing you say, Heidi, is that if you want a 200 pound deadlift, but a 155 pound deadlift right now is an RPE of nine for you, then we got to go down and get that RPE a little bit lower and start to push it slowly up over yeah. time so that it's not like you're going to an RPE. You can't go to an RPE of 12. It doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so you bring the weight down, bring the volume down to something that's like an RPE six or an RPE seven, mm-hmm. and then you slowly increase your tolerance for that to go up to until the 200 now is an RP of nine or something like that. And you can actually yes. do it. I well, and that. I think that's why I also love what you meant. Like there's no 12, like there is a cap. You guys, there is, you can't go past um, 10 on an yeah. RP. Even if there should be, right. it's still, it should yeah. be an RP of 11. <laughs> exactly. And like, there's a cap on how much you can accomplish without getting to the right place. Like it's like what you said about a six, like a six might be like you never getting to X, Y, Z habit. And that's fine because you're still working on the other mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Like everyone likes to get to 10 so quickly, like, especially right? in our industry. It's like, well, I'm just gonna do these 17 things that I've never done before. And expect myself to do them perfectly and then keep <laughs> and then, ironically, all of your healthy habits lead to like a very unhealthy lifestyle of you stressing yourself out all the time. Right. And to your point, an injury. Like yeah. if you're trying to go for 12 and a 10 scale, you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. You know, the, the worst way to build muscle is to do everything at an RPA. RPE of 10. If you're only lifting an RPE of 10, you're never going to build anything. Like actually six to six to seven is like the right Range. RPE yes. to be building. There's a double meaning in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so are you kind of saying that like, maybe you shouldn't go as extreme as possible in order yeah. to get your results, but maybe like a moderate strategy yeah. is better. What <laughs> should build things- a business around that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I, I think whenever, like including for myself, but like when our clients get to this kind of crossroad, it's, is there are two questions that I think that are important to ask ourselves. It's like, what is it going to mean to you to make it mm-hmm. to like complete your goal? And what is it going to mean to you to give it up? Mm-hmm. And I think that those are really important questions because they're, they're going to change in this duration and span of your day, of your life, of your, of your consequences. And, and I think like what you might start out with, right? Like what it means to like hit my weight loss goal means that I'll never feel bad about myself. Right. Or I can show up as I think I should to like, you know, this, this wedding or, um, I'll have more confidence or I'll, my husband know, will be happier. Exactly. Right? right. And then as you get into your goal, it's like, well, what does it mean to give it up? It means that I can like stop killing myself 
and not sleeping enough. I can stop like thinking that I'm like not there yet. I can stop, you know, like there's always going to be, it's, it's like a, it's like almost like a goal, like a quitting goals, pros and cons list. It's like, sure. There are going to be benefits to both sides. There are going to be really there are gonna be great things about you making it. There are also going to be great things about you giving it up. And I know like, you know, the, is the juice worth the squeeze is kind of like, you know, we're squeezing it to death. Right. But it really is true. Cause like some things are not going to be worth it to you depending on where you are at in your life. You know, Totally. Like, it's like, like there's discomfort in taking the bar down to an achievable level because it's not where you think you should be. Mm-hmm. But there's also, there's also cons and discomfort in putting it at a weight that's too heavy. So being intentional about it is how you open yourself up to building confidence. Right. And like, for instance, like right now in CrossFit, we're working on building to technical, technical heavies. Mm-hmm. Technical heavies are way different than a one rep max. Mm-hmm. Like one is like, it's freaking ugly and sloppy, but I got it up. But I got it up. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> a technical, yeah. And then there's a, yes. And then there's a technical heavy that's like, this was really beautifully executed and you can feel super confident about your form, your technique, and you didn't injure yourself. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to have people who find value in both. There are going to be people who are like, let's one rep max our faces off at the cost of everything. Right. Right? Like I had a perfect day. I did all of the things right. And my fitness pal is perfectly balanced and whatever. Now I only have to do this, replicate this a million times. Oh wait, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden a wash of overwhelm comes over me. Oh my gosh. I'm fully like getting kind of like a warmth right now. Cause this is part of it too. It's like, how many things do we sacrifice for the number? Like whether Mm -hmm. it's the scale or the weights, it's like, yeah. So like that 290 I pulled, probably could have been technically better right? Right. for my deadlift. Right. But it's like dropping it back down and really working on like a technical heavy would be in my best interest in order to master something. Right. So it's like, you're, it's like, it should be technically heavy. And then if you can't, and then if you can't, (laughs) then to your point, like if you can't replicate it again, 10 times, did you even do it? Oh, right. Like in your mind, yeah. you think like, Oh, like I should be able to get back there. We hear that a lot. Like oh, she did it before. Like I was that weight before. Oh, totally. I, you know, <laughs> or like my 14 year old, it keeps thinking that like, he can one rep max every week. Like, it's like, <laughs> come on guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I still remember. I still remember that when I hired my first lifting coach, I was feeling pretty bad a about myself. I was lifting like, I was definitely like two twenty, and I'm like, doing really great. And I sent her my first video. And the first thing she freaking told me, she's like, okay, so we're going to go back down to about 170 and uh, we're going to work our way back up. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm not (laughs) as good as I thought. And she's like, no, it's okay. But there's a lot of things that we can improve into Natalie's point. It's like, if you focus on the form, like, and that was the reason I hired the coach was because I couldn't break past like 225. And so the reason was, was we needed to go back down. We needed to work on form. We needed to get it right. And then I blew past 225. Like it was no big deal. Totally. It took a little bit of humble pie to do that. Right. But that's, but that's so fantastic. Right. Because what if she had just written back like, awesome, great. Couldn't be better or whatever. Like that kind of feedback can, it can only take us so far. It might, might feel good, but like specific actionable feedback that keeps you accountable to what you truly want. Right. Like Sometimes it does, it is a little bit of humble pie, but that's how you get there. Yeah. 100%. So good. Well, and so when you heard that though, I mean, this is what I, I would just love to ask you as we start to close. Cause I think a lot of times people think like, oh no, I'm not worried about those. I, I get that. Like, I want to know about like creatine and, and adding intermittent fasting and carb cycling and, you know, all these extras that cardio people, finishers. Yeah. <laughs> they believe that are going to like accelerate, like, you know, like if, if she would have just told you kind of like, oh yeah, you're fine. Then you'd have been like, okay, well then I'm just going to keep going and doing what I'm doing. But in reality, she's like, no, let's like bring it down to basics. And I think a lot of times people forget that. It's like, if you want to be successful, you need to master the basics. Mm, Stop complicating it. Exactly. (laughs) 
Totally. So luckily for everyone, humble pie is also high in protein. <laughs> <laughs> so takeaways. Amazing. Quitting is also honoring your goals too. Yeah. Quitting can be honoring your goals. It can be honoring like what's most important to you. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. I love it. I, I think for me, the thing um, that I'm taking away from this is is the question of like, why am I doing this? And that was, for me, that was the question that got me, that prompted me to question my, my decisions of either which way, like, yes, I want to do the quarterfinals or no, I don't want to do it. But it was like, why am I doing this? And the moment I started to realize that all of the reasons why I was doing it was had to do with somebody else was the moment that I realized, well, now I'm putting everybody else's needs and perceptions of me above my own needs and that's got to stop. And so that for me brought a lot of clarity is like, why am I doing this? Um, and yeah, I think there's value in doing hard things. And sometimes the value in doing the hard thing is not achieving the hard thing, but just the process of doing it. Could have there, could there be growth for me in just doing the quarterfinal, even though I knew I was never going to make it to semis, of course there could be, but at what cost? And I think that's what Natalie was speaking to is like, what, what is the cost associated with the goal? We can want the goal, but if we're not willing to pay the cost that's associated with it, it's, it's not right. And there's right. no shame and, in saying that. And you might even end up abusing yourself in the process, yeah. right? By all the things well, you think you should ironically, be. Ironically, like whenever we do something for someone else's approval, we never actually get what we want out of it. Totally. Really. Which is our own approval. Which is what we want is our own approval. Exactly. Well, bam. And it's Bingo. Like, yeah. And also full circle. It's like the reason why we like macro so much is because like, and you say it all the time, Heidi, it's like for the first time you actually ask yourself, what do I want? Yep. Mm. Not like what everyone else tell me to eat yes. or what you think I should do. It's like, what do I want? What do I want to eat? What do I want to pursue for me, yep. not for anybody else? And there's so much power when you can validate yourself and have your own back and your goals because then everything just looks a little bit more delicious. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So and that's good. the number one reason everybody wants to lose weight is for confidence. But that's where you find confidence. It's not in, it's not in the six packs. It's not on the scale. So good. So, well, thanks guys for coming on and uh, storytelling with me and asking such good questions and being the amazing coaches that you are with the amazing mental six packs that you have. Oh my gosh. Right back at you, Amber. Amber, Thanks so much for being a quitter. I know. You're such a great example. (laughs) Yay, quitters. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for being here, guys. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio Insider List. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio. Oof, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoy that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. 
Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks.